0: Welcome to the My Buddy Green podcast. I'm Jason Waqab, founder and co-CEO of My Buddy Green and your host. Hey everyone, Jason here and on today's special Business of Well-being episode of the MBG podcast, we're excited to have fellow mission-driven brand founders of Switch, Don and Joe. Don and Joe started Switch to inspire a global health movement and teach the world how to cook with confidence and with more plants. It's a basic health supportive and plant forward cooking education tool for everybody. In this episode, we'll cover the early days of Don and Joe's first company to their certification to what's next for Switch and the future of intuitive plant-based cooking, something we can all get behind. Don, Joe, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thanks
0: for
2: having us, Jason.
1: Carrier. Well
0: my new friends from Vancouver. One of yeah. my one of my favorite cities. So b- before we get into your story. Well I guess this is part of your story. I want to get to the why. You're both classically trained chefs. I think in the context of COVID, when a lot of people are, you know, struggling or learning to cook from home, I think we can all appreciate a classically trained chef. How, why? Like wh- how, why did you guys get into cooking? What is it about that experience that led you down this path?
2: For me, it was when I was really young. I was in my teens and my father used to travel a lot in business and he was a salesman and he would go to high-end restaurants and he would then start cooking these high-end meals at home. And then eventually he saw that I had kind of an interest in cooking and he took me to some of these high-end restaurants where they did table side. The chef would come out and cook at your table side. And so I was just mesmerized by that. And so at a very early age, I started cooking when I was in my early teens, just it became something that I thought, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. I'm going to become a chef. And so for me, that's how I got started.
1: Joe's story is a little more glamorous than mine. Mine was that like <laughs> pros and cons list. I had a, a rather significant car accident. And then I was like, okay, what do I want to do? My mom's a seamstress. I made a couple of dresses. I made a couple of fancy meals. I was like, okay, let's pick those two things. And I did a pros and cons list of which one I would do and cooking one out. And so then I packed up my bag in my little red Geo Metro and drove to Vancouver. And yeah, you know, cause I lived in Victoria at the time and I went to culinary school and Yeah. And then I became super passionate about cooking and it was definitely the right calling for me.
0: And so how did you guys meet and begin working together?
2: I worked at the Hotel Vancouver, which was a CP Fairmont property at the time. And I was a chef de partie and Don was my apprentice.
1: We worked at the same (laughs) hotel, but he was a couple of floors up. I was in a sub basement with no windows or anything but it was a kitchen that a lot of chefs had come down to get supplies she
2: she was an intern that came in to do it alone. i did my practicum,
1: practicum at so the that, hotel that's how we met yeah
0: and and so look it, it's hard to ignore the state of the world right now and covid and one of the reasons why we're getting hit so hard and it's complicated there are many reasons but go back to how chronically unwell we are, how unhealthy we are. And in America, I've referenced this before, only 12% of Americans are metabolically healthy, which means 88% of us aren't. And if you talk to anyone and say, what are the things we need to do to become healthier? Eat more plants. It, it's I'm oversimplifying it, but in some ways it is is that simple. There are things we can do that eating more plants, vegetables is good for our immune system, builds Im- immune resilience, among lots of other things. And I, I love what you do at Switch and your, your quote unquote big promise is to provide basic health supportive and plant forward cooking education, which gets to like the information education. Because I think there are a lot of people out there who want to eat healthier, who want to do that. And like cooking with plants too, people always say, oh, that's hard. Like <laughs> like it's so easy to throw like a steak on a frying pan, but oh, wait, like what do I do with a carrot? Like that, that that's difficult. And so... Your mission is critical and you want to get every person on the planet. You want to help those people, the people who want to take control of their health through food and cooking, especially when when we're all so many, so many of us are still home. So like talk about the why there and like why plant-based for you guys, like the why, like why the mission and why plants?
2: Yeah, well, I'll start out by saying why not plants, but. it's a bigger question than that and if you go back to taking our passion for food into building this company we started with ruby which is an online cooking school in 2005 and why we did that is that we are trained chefs and in culinary schools you learn basic cooking techniques and cooking fundamentals and methods and then you may use recipes to practice those techniques but how the world was learning at the time was completely backwards. So we had just come through a Food Network era where everybody thought food was sexy again and they wanted to become a cook, so they go and buy cookbooks and that they lacked the skill to execute recipes. So we, we thought, let's bring a professional cooking school to the world. And let's democratize access to cooking education for everybody and teach them the right way. So it's stepping back from a recipe and learning how to properly use your knife and heat a pan and a pot and develop flavor and steam and stir fry and all the things that chefs learn. So that's how we started it. And then fast forward to 2011 or 12, for us, being French-trained chefs, we ate a lot of butter and animal products. and
1: Everything tastes better, I thought, at that <laughs> time with all of those things, yeah.
2: And we had a lot of users asking us for more plant-based recipes, uh, vegetarian recipes, healthier food. And we, we, to be honest with you, we fought it at that time because we're French-trained chefs and said, there's no way we are going to do that. And, but there was enough demand for it. So we thought, let's live it for 30 days. And so we got rid of all the animal products from our fridge and we stocked up on whole foods and all, we all plants. We dove in, watched documentaries, talked to doctors. And long story short, that was nine 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 and a half years ago. We never went back. We learned way too much. So we're 100% a plant-based vegan personally yeah personally yeah and um and so during that all this time we were developing recipe con content with meat in it and saying hey if you want to substitute a plant based protein you can and now we're of this belief why don't we just start with plants
1: Plants are more inclusive, really, than saying, because you, you said it when you said like people are trying to incorporate more plants, but you never hear around the dinner table someone saying, I want to start incorporating more meat. Like one day a week, I want to do more meat. <laughs> it's like plants are just, inclu- everybody knows that broccoli is probably really great for you. So it's just more inclusive.
2: So so that's the big thing. We actually think we, half of our users right now on Switch are all type, they eat all types of foods. They're flexitarians, they're carnivores, they're... and they the general theme is they want to incorporate more plant-based foods into their life and the majority of the food around any meat or poultry or seafood is typically plant anyways and to learn technique in culinary school you use plants you learn how to steam broccoli you don't learn how to steam the expensive stuff that is really cost that costs a lot of money for schools they use plant ingredients to learn technique and then you can apply it to any food that you want to apply to
0: so again, you guys are pros, and I think what a lot of people will say—not a lot of people, some people will say—at least me—I'm not a good cook. But you know, I, I would say this years ago with regards to plants. I use broccoli as an example. It's like, ah, oh, I don't know what to do with that. So again, the steak or chicken, I throw it on the frying pan, the grill, what have you. But with broccoli, it's like, oh, what do I do? It's like I steam it, and it's like, wh- how do you? Wh- what's your advice? What do you say to people? Uh, who say like, oh, I I can't cook. And I, I don't know what to do with vegetables, how to make it interesting outside of a salad or steaming something. What do you say to those people?
1: Well, I think the people say they can't cook, it means they've probably never learned how to cook. It's like, I say I can't play guitar, but I'm sure if I took a guitar lesson, I might be able to like play a little bit. But yeah, I don't know. Like even when we first went plant-based, I did have that moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to cook anymore because I was the one who like did all the, cooking and I cook meat and I was the meat cook. And so I was paranoid. And so I got like a bunch of cookbooks and I earmarked them all and I followed them like verbatim. And then I was like, wait, it's exactly the same thing. It's just a different ingredient. It's just like sort of a mind shift that it's not really like you can still grill a cauliflower steak. You can still make a peppercorn sauce. You you don't have to like just think about it as protein or vegetable. It's just the the technique around it. They're all the same.
2: And I think we, I think we all have it within us to be good cooks. We just need to learn the fundamentals. Mm. And so you go to culinary, sorry, you go to school when you're young and you learn social studies and math and sciences. But very few people learn anything about cook food preparation. Uh, a lot of the programs in elementary schools now have been scrapped from funding for funding reasons, and we don't have the grandmothers and the mothers necessarily having the time to teach their kids. So we all become adults and we all don't have that skill. And so I think we, when, especially when somebody is faced with the decision that, Hey, I have to change my diet to improve my health. They lacked, they lack intuition. You know, that it's not like they have five go-to meals that they can do with a blindfold on It's something they've been doing over and over again. They lack that basic intuition about how, how to take the next step. And I think that's what we do at switch is we help people step back and say, you want to learn these four or five dishes, then learn these four or five techniques. And it'll open the door for you to go way beyond those five or ten dishes you'll be able to do any number of dishes that use that technique
0: so i'm curious on a personal level pre-making the switch to plant based how how did you guys feel what was your health like and then what how did you feel what what was the what did that transition look like and how did you guys what was that moment where you said like wow like this really works. I'm sold. Um, I'm all in. Walk us through like pre and post.
1: I mean, good question. Uh, we definitely felt better because when you take out meat and dairy, you, I mean, those are pretty heavy things. And we went, you know, straight to vegetables and we didn't go, for, we didn't go straight from that to like crappy vegan food because you can still be unhealthy vegan right but we went straight to like all different flavor profiles and so we were just traveling around the world so it wasn't so much that i mean we did feel better but for us it was more like our repertoire like exploded i couldn't believe all of a sudden rather than thinking like what meat am I cooking tonight? And then what am I going to put with it? It was like, what country are we going to? So then all of a sudden we're like, have these amazing Thai dishes and Indian dishes. And so it, from that way, it was just more exciting.
2: Yeah, I, I same for me. I, I was surprised at how we expanded our repertoire. Even being chefs, it's, it's somewhat limiting when you only have five or six selections of a main when you're eating an animal based diet and, and now it was, you could pick any ingredient and take it anywhere around the world. And that's like, even on switch. Now we have a group called globe trotters and we take a potato as the core ingredient and every week we take it somewhere different in the world. We'll apply a different technique to it and a different flavor profile. And we'll take it to last week, I think it was Greece. And now we're going to Japan and, and it's just modifying your basic fundamental techniques and then applying a different flavor profile. Mm-hmm. So it, it it was really fun and for me, I felt a, a, a lot better. I started to lose weight. I, I, I felt we, we lost a lot of inflammation that we just kind of had, Yeah, we were carrying around for, for years. And and so that was a big thing for me and then it became more than just nutrition for us. It was for animal reasons and for environment. And it just seemed like the, the, the way better way to be for us.
0: So it's funny you mentioned flavor profile. I, I spoke to Dan Barber, the, the chef at Blue Hill, Blue Hill Stone Barns, the other day, and this is going to air air way later. And he was talking about a carrot, and he was the way he spoke about a carrot. He was talking about the different types of carrots from different regions. He starts about flavor and like the nutrient density, and what's so interesting is he came at it and in and, and his restaurants he has meat, but you know grass fed and grass finished, but primarily. He's focused on vegetables and he came at it from like, this is just a better way from a better way to do vegetables. And for him, nutrient density is about flavor, mm-hmm. not like he's not coming at it from the perspective of a nutritionist. He's coming at it of this just tastes better. Yeah, that's
1: a great way of looking at it actually. Yeah
0: and but it's better for you and it's better for the planet and the soil and so forth and so it's just like the way he was talking about a carrot you're talking about flavor profiles I'm like wow I never I'm gonna have a whole new appreciation for the carrot all of
1: a sudden you're craving a carrot right yeah (laughs)
0: yeah and so I'm curious I'm working on becoming a better quote-unquote chef or a cook what's a tip that anyone would benefit from that will instantly make them better at home
2: there are some things that we've learned over the years and heard from students that have taken ruby courses and now switch that learning basic knife skills is life changing. It <laughs> seems so basic, it seems so basic, yeah. but it's the first thing we teach in a lot of our courses and just how to hold a knife properly, how to do perform the rolling technique. If you're moving to a better diet, you're breaking down whole ingredients and you're doing that with a knife or a machine, like a food processor or a mandolin. But typically it's, everything starts with a knife. Even in professional kitchens, we're just chopping. You think of chefs doing dinner service, they've spent five, six hours in the kitchen chopping. And so if you're not chopping, you're not eating well. And I think you know, we say here, you are what you cut, not what you eat. And and so learning how to use a knife properly, it, and it's it feels, it's
1: more enjoyable when you become good at using your chef's knife it actually like it's quite therapeutic when you're in the kitchen you're like damn look at these knife skills yeah and then you just end up yeah
2: and then it's just pick a technique a week kind of thing i think if somebody's trying to start off like just learn the fundamentals if you like stir frying how to stir fry how to you know heat a wok and season a wok and add the ingredients and when and get your mise en place ready and just the very basics and then you can Google any stir-fry recipe, and they all follow the exact same process and same, te- same technique. Yeah. So learn it, and then we have recipes that will help you apply the technique and so you can develop a bit of competency and fluency to that technique and then pick another one, steaming, sweating, stir-fry. There's a whole bunch of different things. But the, we have a thing called the technique wheel on Ruby and, and and on Switch that there's not a lot of techniques in the chef's kitchen. And if you just learn one a week um, within a matter of months you're going to be really competent and you're going to become a lot more confident and i think that's what makes cooking fun and more enjoyable and people want to do it and that's what we're trying to do
0: so let me ask you this i'm sure you've heard the saying from omnivores and carnivores butter makes everything better some people people subscribe to that so is there something in a plant-based diet is it great salt or is it like what is there I mean, one all thing those that makes things it
1: do matter and like you said about the carrot like the quality of the ingredients does matter but is there one thing not really nutritional yeast is everybody talks about nutritional ye- yeast or noch and we use a ton of cashews I make, Really, like I make this faux chicken bouillon powder that I use as a seasoning. I also use it as my stock base. And so having the right ingredients to make the dish does make a difference for sure. But there's no one ingredient, especially now that we've gone plant based, like there isn't the one thing that says, oh, everything's better with butter or cream, because now Our repertoire is just so big.
2: And fortunately, there's a lot of great vegan butters, plant based butters. (laughs) We still have butter in our diet. And we make cashew
1: cream. And yeah. Don makes
2: her own cheeses. And so you can really replace a lot of the things that you're addicted to or that you're comfortable with.
1: Yeah. For me, the
2: hard thing was dairy. When I first went, even during the 30 days, I had a tough time giving up dairy for my Actually, coffee.
1: when he first, on a personal note, when we <laughs> first went plant-based, I was 100% in. I was like, okay, I drank the Kool-Aid. I'm in. I'm not going back. And Joe was like, I'm not giving up dairy. So my, my coffee I would milk. like buy him a carton of milk with like a picture of like the farm raised and everything. And I would put a note on it and it's like, hi, my name's Sheila. Enjoy my milk. And I would put a sticky note on the outside of it.
2: <laughs> she tried to make it real.
1: Yeah. But then we watched Earthlings and then that was everything it. changed. That was it for us.
0: <laughs> so... In terms of a lot of people stock up now because of COVID, they, they make sure their pantries full. So I'm curious, what's your favorite go-to shelf stable item?
2: We have grains and legumes that are inexpensive and you can Naps. take them anywhere in the world and flavor them any way you want and cook them in a variety of different ways. And, but seasonings are in spices like Don's faux sort of stock based powder is something we use all the time. and, and, onion powder and and garlic powder we use a lot in those types of things nutritional yeast but you know we're buying we're still buying whole foods uh,
1: that's um, our main
2: we're buying perishable mostly and then just applying a technique and flavoring in a certain way so
0: so i have so i'm a refried bean guy yeah so we have a lot of refried beans i always make sure to that there are no added vegetable oils in there. So I have my question to you is, if I'm a refried bean guy and I get my siete tortillas and I put refried beans in there, is there something that could make that better? Is there, if I'm doing refried beans, I'm doing my own version of quesadillas. Anything from could,
1: the pantry or from just in general?
0: Pantry. Like, I'm curious. So like, is there a spice? Is there something that could, just for me, I'm selfish. I'm a refried bean guy. I think a lot of people are refried bean people right now. That's why I'm asking.
1: I've tip which black bean tip
2: the, the coconut milk and
1: oh i do have a smoked coconut yeah that's a really good one we have i put a little bit of chipotle a puree and coconut milk and salsa inside the beans and cook them in that it's quite delicious okay yeah. okay
0: i'll try i like that and so if you had to convince look i think without question you know everyone can agree that we should all eat more plants like Michael Pollan said, eat food, not too much, mostly plants going hundred percent plant-based or vegans, not for everyone. Totally cool. But like we all should eat more plants. No one's going to disagree with that. And so if you could, if you had to cook one plant-based meal to convince a hardcore carnivore that plant-based eating is the way to go and also plant-based eating can be delicious. What meal would that be? What would you cook for someone?
1: Uh, If I had to, and which I have had to many times, and happily so, for me, Greek food. Because it's one of those things that most people like. It's not like Indian food. Some people are like, oh, it's too spicy. I don't know. That's my tummy. But Greek food, lots of people like. But it's really the flavor profile they're going for. Lemon, garlic. I make wicked feta cheese. I make tzatziki, spanakopita, Greek potatoes. And people are like, oh, my God, I would totally eat plant-based if I could eat like this every day. It's like, well, you can. It is. And, yeah, you just have to learn how to do it.
2: Yeah, I, and I think what's fun in the plant-based kitchen is you can really take any dish and transform it into something that's plant-based, whether it's a spaghetti ragu
0: sauce, whether it's butter
1: chicken. We, I make a killer buttered tofu that people are like, oh my God, this is it's, vegan. It's like, yeah. What
0: do you use? It's just tofu. as.
1: Tofu, and then I use cashew cream and all the spices and everything. It's really, I'll, I'll say the recipe.
2: I, I, I think... I think for people, like the butter chicken is a good example, because I used to love butter chicken. And so for me, it's it was less about the chicken I learned and more about the, the butter sauce that you make for the chicken. And so once you learn how to develop flavor and make a, a really good a flavor base, you can add tempeh or tofu or ch- chicken or whatever you want to it. It doesn't really matter. But people are really in love with the sauce not so much the chicken. I used to like peppercorn steak, and that was one of my big things, the ribeye. Now we make it with cauliflower steaks. It's the exact same thing. The but sauce... I still
1: make a rich demi with mushroom stock that I reduce down from this huge pot of mushroom stock. I reduce it down till it's like a glaze. Because I used to think even you could only get that kind of consistency from the bone and from the gelatin, but I get it from mushrooms. And it's this wicked glaze that I put on and the peppercorns, and, and it's delicious. And, and
2: that's what we believe people are really in love with. It's yeah. the, like, it's, in my case, it was the peppercorn sauce.
0: Oh, interesting. More
2: so than the, the steak. For me, it wasn't. It was the sauce. So you can still develop all those things. You can still make an amazing
0: mm-hmm.
2: Italian sauce or French. So it doesn't matter. It's learning how to build flavor without those ingredients. Mm-hmm.
0: So in terms of ingredients that are trending in plant-based, you know, I think of you, you mentioned cashew. You made you, you cook with and ca- cashew-based cheeses. I feel like that was something that is now you're seeing a lot of now. You mentioned. Like we haven't talked about, but like Impossible and Beyond Burger, that's everywhere now. Another story if they're healthy or not, but like it's everywhere. And I'm just curious in terms of plant-based eating, like what trends are you seeing? Are there any ingredients you're interested in or seeing more of? Like what do you think is on the horizon? What are you paying attention to in terms of food?
1: I mean, I think anything that gets people to eat more plants is, I'm down with it, even if it is unhealthy, if it's a transition food to take you from thinking, I can't live without this hamburger, then substitute it with something else. And so for me, it's just anything that will help people transition. We
2: transitioned mostly to things like that were simple, like potatoes and cauliflower as our base, as opposed to using a highly processed product. And we make, like Don said, we make our own cheeses and we make our own butters. and, But we still buy some of that stuff that's sure. convenient because we're all busy. But there's nothing really in particular. I I, I mm-hmm. really try to focus more and fill in the fridge with whole food products and going to the farmer's markets and those kinds of things and, and then just applying good. Well, like we tend to ask the question, where do we want to go for dinner tonight? And it's what kind of flavor profile you're looking for?
0: Yeah, let me reframe it we talk about cashews and to me they're so versatile they're cashews they're nuts but then you can also use them to make cheese then there's milk and then like think about it that way in terms of like yeah. trend forward are there specific ingredients that you're using for lots of different things that you cashews think are interesting my
1: number one. cashews nutritional yeast onion powder garlic powder the the seasonings that i make but yeah
2: yeah and that Nothing's coming to mind that's as versatile as a nut
1: <laughs> in a yeah. plant-based. I use kitchen. a ton of mushrooms. And we, I love mushrooms.
2: We use all yeah. types of nuts, almonds yeah. and walnuts, and we don't just use cashews, but primarily cashews is is probably one of the more versatile things.
0: So, what are your like top five staples? So, like for anyone who's like, all right, I want to start eating more plant-based. Like, what are the five or so things that everyone should just have in their pantry and their fridge that to get started?
2: Well, I think it's, I, you, you, if you're going to shift to a plant-focused diet, you're going to need to replace dairy. So I would start with cashews and learn how to make a simple cashew cream, a ca- nut milk, um, turn into a, a salad dressing. You can make a, a creamy pasta sauce with it. It's just so versatile, but you would need things like nutritional yeast. Some of the basic seasonings we use all the time are onion powder, garlic powder, Um, chili flakes, if you like heat, those are in in fresh cracked And a good stock,
1: which the, honestly, and not to try to promote us, but the, I do like that it's hard to find a good stock out there that doesn't have like MSG or a little bit of sugar and stuff, which is why I- made my own. And so having a good seasoning to make a good stock, because a lot of the pre-made stocks out there, if you taste them on their own, you're like, well, that's disgusting. So finding like it has to taste good on its own. And so, yeah, finding a good stock is a, is a great thing too.
0: Yeah. Or making your own. Yeah. Yeah. And what about, is there a vegetable that you think is a good uh entry point It
1: depends on who you are i mean I, i there's irish in me so i'm like always i love the potato i could eat i could live on potatoes i think but it depends on who the person i also love mushrooms and olives i think they add a lot of you know flavor to things but
0: yeah Yeah, similar for me, we like beets and carrots. Cauliflower,
1: cauliflower, big on cauliflower.
0: I'm huge on cauliflower because there's so many different ways you can do it.
1: you could- Cauliflower mash, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then cauliflower steak and just you could do so many different ways you can play with it. So you're entrepreneurs and you guys have been working together for a long time over well over 15 years. And as you alluded to earlier, the business has gone through different stages. And I'm curious, as co-founders as how have you what have you learned about yourselves in this process and like how did you get through the ups and downs of just being an entrepreneurs for as long as you have?
1: I think for us because we were partners like on a personal relationship as well we were we had a really good foundation so it helped that us get through things but also I think as the years went by we learned to not take things work wise. Like we didn't bring them into our personal relationship so we didn't take it personally if we disagreed which we do on things and so yeah we learned that we were, able to,
2: we were able to turn that off and have been for many years we, we actually yeah. had a film catering company before we started ruby so we've been it's 20 25 years we've been working together so not wow a lot of couples can't do that they need time away and i think covid's thrown a lot of couples together and and, and some work well together, <laughs> and some don't. In the same room, virtually, but we've lived in a virtual world, or on a catering truck, or in a you know close yeah. small kitchen. It's a good thing. So I think that's the key. If, if you're starting a business and you're you ha- have, are contemplating bringing in a partner, you just have to be able to work well together. And we have each other. We have strengths. She runs kind of one side of the business, and I focus more on the other side of the business. And so we work well that way together, but we're still in the same place and work in the same under the same roof. And so you just have to be able to say, okay, it's five, six, seven o'clock or whenever you're stopping, and and shift your life back to your personal life.
1: Yeah.
0: So the beauty of that is there's no separation. And also the the problem with that is there's no separation. <laughs> and I'm and I'm curious because my my wife and I are co-founders and co-CEOs, and I'm curious. What do you guys do when you're having a bad day, when you're stressed? What's your go-to to to take care of yourself?
1: I mean, we did get two little rescue pups, so they help to (laughs) calm you down and ground you and remind you of what's important. So
2: Yeah, we'll go for a walk with them. Or
1: I get in the kitchen and I cook and create recipes. I find that quite therapeutic.
2: That's Dawn's therapy. I, I would say mine. We've always been creators, and so it's very gratifying and satisfying for us to go back to our product that we built and connect with users on the site that have questions. So I I find rather than doing business development things or raising money or doing legal things, which is kind of where I focus a lot of my time in software development and design, I I like to just answer questions and read feedback and poke in on the community and heart a few submissions or, or make a comment because it's that's why we do what we do is to help people move forward and to see that is very gra- grounding Yeah, for, for us, me. we
1: didn't have kids. So the, like all As of our users are extended family. So even when I'm in the kitchen, I always have everybody in my head and I'm thinking, Oh, they might want to know this or I should write that down. And so, yeah.
0: So if you could go back and give yourself advice in the beginning of this entrepreneurial journey, what advice would that be?
1: Run.
2: yeah i think we were chefs we were cooks we weren't we sure we had a catering business but there were three employees it was small and we're now in 180 countries and teaching cooks in 3000 hotels around the world and starting a new plant-based business called Switch and we never anticipated this but we didn't know even how to write a business plan and we didn't have a lot of the skills to do this but i so so we spent a lot of time in the early years raising money and and weren't really focused on the business model and weren't really focused on things like product market fit and so i think going back if there was You know, one thing that I wish we did earlier and what I would tell myself is to find product market fix, narrow your beachhead, your target audience to a small subset and and really make it work for that group before trying to build a product that appeals to everybody.
1: It was just hard though, because we sort of started this before people would buy a phone and then pay for a service. And so we were sort of ahead of.
2: And nobody, yeah, nobody thought you could learn online. Yeah. right? Right there was very few people even learning online. It was like 5%. We're in, in university level. We're taking online courses. So so we, it was hard to do that. But I I think we spent a lot of time raising money and it was an investor that I met with in probably 2008, 2009. It was three or four years after we started and we'd raised a ton of money to shoot content. And he said, well, why don't you just start making money? Like, And it changed our mindset to say, hey, you know what? We should do this. We should really focus on generating revenue earlier. And if it wasn't working for certain people, find a why and fix the product. And so we, that
0: took three years. That was it. It takes time, but it's important no. to get it right. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm curious, are there entrepreneurs or brands that, that you admire? I'm curious.
1: Not one in particular. I, I mean, there are several out there that are doing amazing work. For me, it's just anyone who's following sort of their... What they set out to do, and is trying to make the world—I know it sounds hokey—but a better place, and not just selling out. So, but I, I can't pick one in particular.
2: Yeah, same for me. I we spend so much time thinking about where what's going to happen in the future, and trying to build for that future. That I don't. I'm, I'll admit that I'm not a huge reader. I don't spend a ton of time following. I learn from best practices and. other people are doing but when you're trying to develop something that like an online cooking school there weren't any online cooking Mm -hmm. schools. there weren't food network was not even teaching technique at the time you just kind of kind of stay in the future and think okay this is we believe this to be true that in four or five years people are going to shift from brick and mortar cooking schools to online learning how do we build a product for that group of people (laughs) And so we've really spent more of our time focused on that than we have been on brands or but, but love to see people that are trying to make the world a better place. That's kind of one of one of our missions in life.
0: So we have a lot of listeners who are entrepreneurs or have side hustles who do want to make the world a better place. So I'm curious if you have any advice for those people listening who are you know, looking to do that start something new or, or in the process of building something.
2: Yeah. I, I think a lot of people thought we were crazy for this, but when we started raising money, we, we never had a plan B. Mm-hmm. And we still don't have a plan B define what it is you want to do and work, what you want to accomplish. And uh, one book I read when I was a Napoleon Hill book, when I was young, was like, you have to have a burning desire to get there. And uh, when you have a plan B, You often don't have that burning desire. You have a backup plan. Mm -hmm. Like when things get tough because we went through 2008 and we had to let half our staff go and there are going to be so many very challenging times, mostly from a financial perspective to stay on path, Mm -hmm. but you got to find a way to stay on path. And it's, I think, just scrap the plan B unless your plan A just turns out that, okay, I was wrong and this isn't going to be viable for me. And then maybe you have to do something different. But If you believe in what you are trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish, just find a way to stay on path. You're going to need to dig deep. Get used
1: to hearing the word no.
2: And getting (laughs) maxing credit cards and getting calls from people that are trying to collect money from you and creditors. And you just have to stay on path. And that's what we've really tried to do. And in a lot of senses, we probably started off way too early. With an online cooking school. We were trying to train chefs in hotels where they were getting graduates from culinary schools and they didn't have a need for training. But we just stayed on path and found a way to do it. It's no plan B. That's that's what I would say.
0: No yeah. plan B. Well, I, look, I'm a big believer. and There are very few businesses that just take off. And there are ups and downs, and those downs are often, in the early days, they're, they're, it's quite a roller coaster, to say the least. And what I say is, and I've had this personally, you have these dark nights of the soul, if you will. And yeah. I think when you have that, I think what pushes people through is the mission. It's the higher purpose. And I think if you don't have that, you're, well, why am I doing this? I'll just get a regular job, a regular gig, if you will. Like It's just not worth it, because it's not worth it. But when you do have that sense of mission, that sense of purpose, you tend to develop that resolve where you just say, I'm doing this, I'm pushing through.
1: And for Uh, us too, it's our staff and the people that work with us and we don't want to let them down and their families and it's like, they really are our family. And
2: there's a, there's a lot of people to help. And I think that nutrition, learning how to cook is just a basic life skill. Everybody needs to learn. And, uh, you know, we're hoping even for people connected with Mind Body Green that have coaching uh, businesses or wellness-oriented businesses, they're all trying to shift people to new diets that have very little skill to do so. And so, if there's any way we can help and support those followers of yours, that's what Switch is for: is to say, look, let's take that off your plate. We've worked with so many healthcare professionals over the year. I think we have close to 800 that have signed up for Switch today and we've only been publicly launched for less than a month that are thinking i need to change my practice into more of a functional lifestyle practice and i don't have the skills to teach people or the time to teach them how to transition their diet from a cooking perspective so we kind of take that on and help them in that regard that say look we'll do that we'll assess skill level their food and flavor profile preferences we'll make recommendations let them build their own path take it at their own pace and just learn gradually how to to make that shift and build that confidence so that you can
0: become a healthier human being well i think we're all on board with that we all need to eat more plants we all need to be better cooks at home so i am in full support of the switch mission and thank you guys for coming and telling us more about your story i think it's empowering and look this is the time we're all at home we've got to learn how to eat more plants and Now is the time to to really make change. It starts one day at a time, one meal at a time with cauliflower.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Thank
0: thank you so much.
2: Thanks, Jason. Thank Thank you. you.